the book of Jude. Verse number 16 of the book of Jude said, These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. And I will explain that to you later. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. I will preach today a message the Lord spoke to me, I believe it was Tuesday night, and dealt with me very emphatically that I should preach to this house tonight. I came home just in time to find out that I was much on time. God will help me tonight, and you'll help me. We're going to have a move of God in this house. I do not want God to heal bodies tonight. I do not ask God to heal broken bones tonight. I do not ask God to do miracles and pour out signs and wonders among us tonight. But I have spent time this day asking God to heal hearts, heal emotions, and heal what sin has stained. I will preach to you from this subject, Sin's Revealing Mark. Sin's revealing mark. The Lord dealt with me about something I'd never before seen quite on this wise. Whenever sin enters into a man's life, there's constantly one mark that will show up every time. And I'll preach to that in tonight. God bless you. You'll be seated. They dwelled in a place designed by God Himself as a paradise for pure hearts. It was called the Garden of Eden, and it was designed as a paradise, and paradise it remained until Adam and Eve gave in to the temptation of the serpent, and sin entered into the picture. Then it happened. God came to those who once walked the pure paths of God and divided them from the garden that He created for them. Now, walking on the east of Eden, there's a division between them and the things that God had intended for their lives. In the following generation, there was a man named Cain who seemingly walked in the plan of God. He did what he could to offer unto the Lord until the Lord desired more and he was not willing to give them more. Until sin entered in through a jealous heart, murder crawled out of his spirit. With his brother Abel now murdered, we see God standing before him and asking him the question, Cain, where is thy brother? We also hear Cain mutter the carnal yet eternal words, And I, my brother's keeper. And God executes judgment on him because of his sinful attitude. What was that judgment that God executed on him? Cain lamented and said, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Because now you've separated me from my family and you've separated me from seeing your face again. Again, we see sin's mark come to pass. Look now with me. Just a chapter or two later in the book of Genesis, we hear about a generation 
that so angered God with their sinful attitudes that God could only find one answer. I'll send a flood and I'll wipe their sinful attitudes off the face of the earth that I've created. When sin became a factor, God sent a flood to separate them from the face of the earth and to wash them away into oblivion again. Sin's mark is left behind. Three chapters later, we see men working on a tower. Even God Himself came down. And He said, because the people are one and they have a mind to work, now nothing shall be withheld from them which they have imagined to do. But then it happened. Somebody got so high on their own potential that they said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I want us to build a tower so high that God Himself couldn't touch us. If He sends another flood, we'll be a If He sends fire, we'll be above it. If He sends judgment, we're going to build a tower that will reach to the heavens and we'll be off the earth. And God saw that their sinful attitude, haughty attitude, was so arrogant that God wanted them to uh, pay a price for their sin. They had such a haughty attitude that they wanted to sin without the fear of the Lord. But then the Lord, the Bible says, came down and confounded their speech by dividing the languages until the Bible said they were literally scattered or divided, separated upon the entire face of the earth. Maybe I could go on to chapter 13 of the book of Genesis where Lot and Abraham's servants begin to fight. And as a result of the sins of their servants, there was a separation of Lot and his family from Uncle Abraham. Chapter 16, when Sarah begins to doubt God's promises, she calls in Hagar, the handmaid, and said, I want you to sleep with my husband and bear a child for him. The end result of her sin was that there was an Ishmael and an Isaac who are divided and war to this very day. What about chapter 19 when Lot's wife disobeyed God by looking back? And Lot has to let go of the hand, the stony hand of a wife who's now turned to a pillar of salt, separated forever because of sin. Understand with me today that I look very close in your Bible. I could go for at least four to five more instances alone in the next few chapters of the book of Genesis. And I am persuaded throughout the entire Bible and show you again and again and again the same horrible trait that followed in the lives of those that decided to sin. You see, in every instance that I've read to you tonight and a multitude of others throughout the entirety of your Bible, there are but two things in common in every story. Sin entered into the picture. And because of sin, separation was the first revealing clue that sin had been there. Please consider with me tonight that it was Adam and Eve that were separated from the pure paradise of the garden. It was Cain that was separated from God and the face of his family. It was an evil-minded world that was divided by flood from the face of the earth. It was Babel's carnal reasoning that caused them to be separated all over the face of the earth. Lot and his wife, his family, forever struggled because they were divided from Abraham's leadership. Lot's wife is separated from those who obtained mercy because of her disobedience. I've come tonight to preach to you that the first clue that sin has been in a person's life throughout the Bible, you will see the first sad clue that sin has stepped into an individual's life is when we see families separated 
Friends separated. Congregations separated. Purposes separated. Directions separated. And potential separated. In fact, the Bible probably says it better than I could ever say it in a million years when it said that Cain's sinful attitude was flaunted before God. And the Lord said, because of your sin, I'm going to make you a fugitive and a vagabond from this day forward. A fugitive means you'll have no dwelling place. Everywhere you start to feel comfortable, there's going to be division. You'll have to continually run and hide yourself. Vagabond simply means that you will be a wanderer until the day that you die. You'll never be able to settle down and say, this is where I belong and this is where I am. But in fact, God said, I tell you what I'm going to do, Cain. I'm going to put a mark on you so that everybody knows that sin has been in your world. What was that mark? What was that revealing mark that people could see on his world and know that sin had been in his life? While it may in fact have been a literal mark, I want to preach to you today that sin's revealing mark in any individual's life is that division will always come in the door. That sin has left open. Can somebody clap your hands? I wish tonight that I could come to this congregation and preach to you about the power of unity. And I do believe that there is great unity in the core of the church right now. It's an atmosphere of unity that God has free reign to do the miraculous. He has free reign to heal broken bodies. He has free reign to mend wounded hearts. I would remind you tonight that it was in Acts chapter number 2 that we hear the mightiest outpourings of God's power happen when they were in one mind and one accord. Acts chapter number 4 tells us that God baptizes with the spirit of evangelism when the people come together in one accord. Acts chapter number 5 says, Great signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. And they laid hands on people. And they were all healed when they were in one accord in Solomon's porch. Acts chapter number 8 tells us that demons are easily cast out. And healings are common among the people that walk in one accord. Acts chapter number 12 tells us the strongest of prison doors can be opened when the people pray together in the power of unity. I've come tonight to tell you that unity helps God. Unity brings our minds and spirits into a position that God can speak to us and God can touch us. But as much as I'd like to preach about unity tonight, I've been sent here to remind you that God has no greater hindrance in fulfilling His will in the lives of individuals as the hindrances that come when there are unholy divisions among the church, among the people, among the congregation among the expectancy among our faith come on now let me preach to somebody in this house surely you know there are some godly divisions that we need every child of God needs some godly divisions in your life after all to really serve the Lord the Bible said come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you 
there are some godly separations, godly divisions in living for God. Can I tell you it's a godly thing to separate yourself from sinful ways? It's a godly thing to separate yourself from unholy environments. It's a godly thing to separate yourself from negative attitudes. These are the kinds of divisions that allow you to draw closer to God without the negative opinions of your family, without the hindrances of sin. These are the things that you give up to be closer to God. Just like Miss Samson had the vows of a Nazarite that said, I won't cut my hair. I won't drink strong drink. I won't touch an unclean thing. There are certain divisions that we've got to have in our lives to draw closer to God. But don't you ever forget, there are some ungodly divisions that are not only dangerous, but they are potentially fatal to your walk with God. I'm coming tonight to preach to this congregation. God sent me to this pulpit with a sure word from the throne that some of you in here need to hear. I've been sent here to tell you that sin leaves an ugly mark on your world that reveals to everybody around you that sin has been there. How can you tell that sin's been somewhere in their world? Because every time sin's revealing mark is that division comes into your world somewhere. I'm going to preach to you tonight something you've probably never heard before because it's something I've never known until God began to deal with me. But I want to tell this congregation tonight, if you want to know where sin's been, if you want to know where sin's crawled in, it's easy to know. All you've got to do is look at where division is because when there's ungodly division, there's only one thing that does that, and that's the effects of sin on an individual's life. When you're separated from sin, you get closer to God. When you're separated from unholy environments. You get closer to God when you're separated from the attitudes of your worldly family. You're closer to God. But if you ever get to the place that you allow sin in your life, there's other separations that take place. And there's other divisions that transpire. And that's what I've come to preach to you about tonight. I've come to this pulpit to preach to this church that sin's revealing mark is recognized in the lives that it's touched because of the divisions that it leaves behind. Whether it's a literal sin that you've ushered into your life or a sinful attitude that you've harbored in your mind, you can be assured of this one thing. It's going to mark your world with some unholy divisions. Please, please, please hear the Word of the Lord tonight. There is a distinct and a precise reason that people allow division between them and the church. It's because sin stepped into their world and it's left behind the ugly footsteps of division. I wish somebody in here would help me right now. Any time that you allow something to separate you from the heart of the church, any time you allow something to separate you from the heart of the congregation, any time you allow something to separate you from confidence in this thing, I've got to tell you somewhere you've allowed sin in your life and it's trying to drive a wedge between you and the church. Anytime you can casually talk about going to another church, especially when you've got a good, strong, holiness-minded church like this, it's a sure sign you've got sin in there somewhere. Let me just put all the playing cards on the table tonight, okay? I want to tell you when you hear somebody talking about, I'll go to another church, or I can go here, I'll, go, I'll leave. There ain't nothing wrong with the church tonight. I want you to understand that. There ain't much wrong with your pastor, except I get a little tired sometimes. I want to tell you what the problem is. There's sin somewhere. Somewhere there's something that's dividing you from the church, and that's not the will of God! I've got to be very honest with you tonight. I find it amazing, Brother Harrison, in over 20... It's hard to believe 
It's been 20 years since I preached in your pulpit in Berea, Kentucky. <laughs> Hard to believe that the first time I ever preached out was in his church in Berea, Kentucky over 20 years ago. But I find it amazing that in over 20 years of full-time ministry, I've never seen one person start finding fault with a church that didn't have sin at work in their own life. Oh, you're not loud right now. You're not shouting right now. But if you're not shouting, it's only because I'm standing in your pew and you're afraid to make a noise. I've got a message for somebody in here. Hell's broke loose, but heaven's taken over tonight. Hell may have broke loose, but heaven's going to take over tonight. He's going to heal some minds. He's going to heal some hearts. He's going to heal some spirits tonight. I still find it amazing that in my 20 plus years of ministry, I've dealt with people who found fault with person after person, only discovered later that they themselves have been living in sin for years. This one didn't shake their hand. That one didn't invite them to their baby's birthday party. This one wore short sleeves and he didn't like it. That one didn't pray with him at the altar when he came up one night to pray. But when it all came out, there were hideous acts of adultery going on at the very same time. It was easy for him to throw barbs at everybody else in the church. But you want to know why? He was separated from the heart of the church because there was sin in his own life. Where did that division come between him and the church? That's easy. It was sin's revealing mark on his life. And I'm going to preach to you tonight that any time Anytime somebody finds fault with the kingdom, anytime somebody comes to church only to find fault with the saints in the pew, find fault with those in the church, I want to tell you what the real problem is. Somewhere sin has came into their world and now God's trying to touch them. He's trying to bless them. But there's a division. I could go on tonight. I could tell you about the two gentlemen that tried to strong arm a pastor out of a church that God had called him to pastor by drumming up false accusations against him, even to the point of accusing him of moral failure with another woman. It literally devastated the church, trying to deal with the lies and the accusations that these two men, individual men, hurled at leadership. But the end of the story is that both of them were re revealed to have been living in sin at that very time. One of them is in prison right now because of illegal activities, and the other one was having an affair with the very woman he was accusing the pastor of being with. You want to know what it was? Somewhere sin was in their life. And they didn't feel like i got to be close to a pastor. i got to be close to a church. i got to be close to the heart. Oh, you're not shouting tonight, but I don't need you to shout. I need you to hear the Word of the Lord. Where did that Spirit come from? Sin has revealed its mark. What caused division in these men towards their pastor? That division was nothing more than sin's revealing mark on their own world. Sin had been there. And the ugly marks of division were now being revealed for others to see. Doesn't it seem strange to you that anytime somebody starts living a carnal life, the next thing you come to expect, even as saints, is for them to find fault with the church? <laughs> One of two things is for sure. Either you've been hearing somebody critical and you're scared to say amen, or you've been critical yourself and you're scared to be uh, made an example of. But I'm going to preach to you tonight. They start saying things like, I don't feel like I fit in here. I don't feel like I belong here anymore. 
these people just don't accept me for what I am. They just don't care about me here. Well, I've got an idea. Why don't you pop your thumb out of your mouth and realize you didn't feel that way when you were on fire for God? You didn't entertain those thoughts before you got carnal. You didn't think like that. The church was priceless when they were digging you out of sin. You didn't care about somebody's weaknesses when you had a pure heart yourself. You didn't look at the church that way when you first came in. (laughs) I told you God told me to preach tonight, so I ain't afraid of man nor beast. Some of you folks that came from other churches, situations happened that you had to come from other churches here. This was the best thing since peanut butter. You loved the worship. You loved the dancing. You loved the singing. You did it all. But now you've been here for a while. And it's easy to sit back and twiddle your thumbs and pick your spiritual ears and say, I don't understand. I want to tell you what the problem is. You've got sin in your world and it's time to divide you from the church. I think I just think it's amazing that when people first pray through, they don't find fault with the church. That don't mean they don't see their weaknesses. I'm going. To, I've never told this at this church. I'm going to tell it tonight. When Fred first prayed through, he makes me tired now. He sure made me tired then. When Fred first prayed through, we had somebody in the back. It was always coming at me, brother. Why we got to do something about that boy? That boy is just creating havoc in this church. He is just messing things up around here. He just—he's always dancing. He's always shouting. He's always screaming. He's always hollering. He prays louder than everybody else. He dances when nobody else is dancing. Hey, honey, I'd rather try to put out a wildfire than start your wet wood any day. I'd rather pat out a little too much flame than to try to start your old dilapidated parched wood any time. Do you know what happened? They come and say, we, we got to do something about him. He's going to embarrass us. He's up there screaming, shouting. Look at him. He's come out of sin. He don't look like everybody. He, and you know, and I said, okay, give me a little while. I'll think of something. I'm trying to think, now how in the world am I going to do this? The next service, Brother Fred comes to me. And Brother Fred said, Brother White, i got a problem. I need to talk to you. I got so angry. I thought, Brother Keith, that somebody had hurt his feelings. I can't stand that spirit that says, you'll calm down in a little while. You'll be, you'll be, you'll cool off here and you'll be like the rest of us. Hope to God they're never like some of you. <laughs> Fred come up to me and he said, Brother White, I gotta talk to you and it's pretty serious. I thought, Oh my God, somebody said something to my new convert. I was already in my mind breaking out the anointing oil and I was gonna smear both hands full. I was gonna rub them down and pat them under. And all of a sudden, he said, I, I gotta talk. I said, What is it, Fred? He said, What are we gonna do about the deadheads in the church? I said, I'm not sure, Fred. What do you think? He said, you reckon if I go back in there and sit amongst them that I could stir a little something up? I said, I don't know, but let's find out. (laughs) He got to dancing and shouting. They said, my God, he kicked my purse over. He doesn't move people out in the aisle. And you know what? They started moving up. I'll come to preach to somebody tonight. When you first came into the church, you were the one doing the kicking. You were the one doing the dancing. You were the one shouting to the Lord. 
I'm going to preach right now, so you might as well just let me. You didn't care about anybody's weaknesses when you first come in the church. <coughs> you really want me to? I think it's amazing that there are people that come into the church and when they come, I've got some right here. Some I prayed through out of sin. Some you had to transfer here from other places. And you come here and, oh, it's the greatest church. We've got the best music. We've got the greatest choir. We've got good singing. Pastor, I love your preaching. And all of a sudden, you give it about two years. You give it about three trials. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, that music is just too loud in that church. And I wish they'd turn that down. Why in the world does Brother White have to scream all the time? You want to know what the problem is? The problem ain't with the preacher. The problem ain't with the church. The problem ain't, you leave my new converts alone. The problem's not with the new converts. I'll tell you what the problem is. You didn't think that way when you first came to God. You didn't act like that when you first came to God. So I'll tell you what you better do. You need to run back again. You need to pray through again. You need to get right again. I've got to bear my heart to you before I walk away from this pulpit. I had a serious prayer meeting with God today. And if anybody else in the building, I'm sorry I disturbed you. But I'm not sorry I made contact with heaven. You know what God spoke to me today? He spoke to my heart and said, You tell the people that some of them have harbored too many negative opinions about some of my children. But then God went on to say, You tell them that I can't heal the divisions in their world until they heal their attitude towards my own. Oh, you better listen to me preach right now. I'm coming to you as a pastor tonight to let you know, yes, there are individuals here that don't always make good decisions. They don't always have the best attitude. But I'm not coming as a pastor. I'm coming as your pastor to tell you there's too many critical opinions about your brother or sister. Some of you have opinions that are not godly. Well, Brother Wild, I just don't like them. You may be right, but that's the reason you've got division in your world. That's the reason you can't get along with anybody. That's the reason you can't find God. Oh, my God, I'm going to preach right now. <laughs> i got to preach to you abundant life. I don't care who it is or what you think they've done to you. God can't heal your world until you heal your attitude. That's Brother Keith. I don't like his preaching. I don't like the way he ministers. I don't like the way... I got an idea. Why don't you pray through until you love him again? Sister Mary is always doing this and always saying that. I've got an idea. You ought to pray through until you cherish every child of God in the church. I want you to look at this man. I'm not talking about the color of his skin, but he's not perfect. And he's made mistakes. But I've got a message for you. If you've got something in your heart, get saved, get right, get pure, and you'll love everybody.
don't like the way Tracy plays. Leave her alone. I don't like the way Lyle worships. Leave her alone. I don't like the way Becky cleans the church. Then clean it yourself. Oh, sit down. I want to tell some of you why you got hell broke loose in your world. <laughs> Are you with me, Brother Eddie? Do I have somebody on this side that's with me? Do I got somebody on this side that's with me? How about in the middle? Anybody with me over here? I want to tell you why hell's broke loose in your world. There's some of you that have all kinds of hell broke loose. You can't get your job fixed. Everything's falling apart. They're going to shut down the job. Your income's not stable. I'll tell you what separates you from His blessings. You've got an opinion about every saint in this church. And you need to pray through. I don't want you to palicate for Jesus. I want you to repent. I want you to get right. I want you to be blessed. You can't afford a sinful attitude towards any of God's children lest that sin shows up in your own world by divisions. You hear me well today. Anything that divides you from the heart of the church is an unholy division that you need to drag up under the blood at an altar until it's wiped away out of your life. Okay, you didn't get it that way. I'll say it another way. If you get offended at everything that goes on around you, you're too thin-skinned. You ought to pray through and get saved. If every time somebody does something and you're not asked to be in the middle of it, you ought to pray through. If something's wrong with your attitude, you're always getting your feelings hurt, you need to quit having a pity party and start having a Holy Ghost celebration! Okay. Be seated. I'll tell you what I'm preaching about. You've got to remember that God's Word said there's going to be murmurers. Leave every service muttering. You see about it Some of you can't wait to get out of here tonight so you can go call your... your little tin horse carnal friends in the other churches and say, you ain't going to believe what my pastor said tonight. I just can't take this no more. I'm going I'm to switch church. You're the one I'm preaching to. Why are you separated? Why is there not a hunger in your heart for the things? Why is there not a hunger to be in the heart of the church? Why don't you long to be in Sunday school? Why don't you long to be in the choir? I'll tell you why. Because sin's been there. And now all that's left behind is a spirit of division. I don't fit in. I don't belong. I want to tell you something. God said, I'll tell you what there are. They're murmurers. Complainers walking after their own lusts. <coughs> can I read you the translation? It said they say anything they can to make themselves look better in others' eyes. Oh, that hurts. Can't believe Benjamin's 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something else right now, okay? <laughs> I've tried my best to do it as nice as I know how. Do you realize Benjamin has preached less since I've made him my assistant than he ever has since God called him to preach? There's a reason for that. Because I didn't want people throwing barbs saying, he's just going to push his own son. He's going to promote his own. Oh, why don't you shut up and get saved? I want to tell you, God's got this thing just the way God wants it. God's doing this thing just the way He wants to do it. I'm not going to keep anybody from being used of God. If you have a problem, you ought to be used of God. You ought to get close to God. You ought to draw near to God. You know how they do it? Oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble tonight. I'll tell you how I'm going to get in trouble. Tell you how they do it. I can't believe Benjamin's assistant pastor. My God, I remember when he was over here arguing with my kids. Who taught your kids how to argue? I taught him how. You taught them how. He's a kid just like yours. And you know what? The greatest thrill of my life would be for your kids to be used of God. I have no greater joy than to see those that I pastor being used of God and walking in truth. I'm going to tell you how they do it. You believe, Sister Darla, Christy up there leading that choir. They ain't never had no professional training. Yeah, and you have. I'm I'm a minister. I'm saying it for a reason. Because people that are carnally minded, they say those kind of things, Brother Jim, to make themselves look a little bit better. I'm as spiritual as Brother White is. Look at that. Brother Harris ain't stood up one time in his whole service. Look how carnal he is. Well, it could be the fact he's eat up with arthritis. I'd like to see you worship as much as he does when you're in that shape. You'd... Some of you stay home and you got healthy bodies. I tell you what you need to do. You need to get serious with God. I, I gotta go on. I, I can't because when I feel like I feel right now, it's not healthy. He said that they'll say anything they can to make themselves look better in front of others, even if it's not true. But, beloved, remember that there's going to be mockers. You know what that word means? There's going to be people, these same people that find fault with everybody else. They don't take sin seriously in their own life. That's what that Scripture means. He said they're mockers, complainers, murmurers. They walk after their own lust. They say things to make themselves look better even if it's not true. And he said, but they themselves don't take sin seriously. And you heard that they were going to be around in the last time. They're going to be walking after their own ungodly lust. They're going to be living in sin. God said, let me tell you who they are. These be they that separate themselves sensual. That means you've given your flesh over to sin. Sensual. Having not the Spirit. I've come today to tell you that God... God in this one scripture said there's going to be people that come around the church that are going to give in to sin and when they do it's going to bring separation into their world come to preach to you tonight sins revealing Mark that all of a sudden you've got division in your world I just don't feel close to the church anymore and I don't feel close to the pastor anymore and I don't feel close to the and here's where I really want to get to tonight. So if you think before, you need to know it doesn't just stop with the church. Come on now, Bundle Life. Do you really want me to preach the truth to you tonight? If you do, you need to realize that there's a very defined reason that certain families start living in war zones instead of home sweet home. 
Allow me to preach to some of my families here in this house tonight and tell you there's a reason that mama can't get along with daddy and there's a reason that daddy can't get along with mama and there's a reason that kids can't get along with the parents. There's a reason the parents can't get along with the kids. All too often it's because somebody in the home has brought sin into the picture and now sin is revealing itself because there's separation, there's division. Hear me, hear me, hear me. How many homes have I sat in with feuding families only to hear somebody finally break under the pressure and say we were doing fine until we brought a television into our home okay let me make it plain tonight just because I ain't preached against television in the last six months doesn't mean I think it's alright <laughs> I've had them look at husbands and say we was doing fine until you brought that in I've had husbands look at wives and say, we were doing great until you went and bought that big screen. <laughs> it's tight, but it's right. Tell you what, we didn't have these problems until she started looking at pornography on the Internet. <laughs> Things were fine until we quit paying our tithes, and it's been all downhill since then. These are actual things that I've heard. Actual things that they, I've sat there before. And I've said, where in the world did you guys go wrong? And they would say, we were doing good until he got offended by so-and-so. It wasn't this way until we started missing church. Can't you see? Can't you recognize that sin's revealing mark? Is it working your life somewhere? Sin stepped in and separation started its ugly work in your family. And you can't get along with your spouse and the children are at war with the parents and division's ripping your home apart. It used to be happy and it used to be holy, but now it's a battleground. I call you to remembrance tonight to realize it wasn't that way when everybody in that family was trying to walk close to God. It wasn't that way when you were doing all that was in your power to be right with God. But now sin's crawled in somehow and it's left a revealing mark of division in your family. There's some of you in this very building that's called me pastor for years. You don't stand a chance of staying together if you backslide. They call me pastor tonight. If you backslide tomorrow, you won't last a month. Otherwise, why are you saying you're keeping us together? No, no, no. It's the grace of God keeping you together right now. You don't have a chance of surviving if you walk away from this place. Already you struggle to get along because somehow you've allowed sin into your world, some kind of sin, either into your home or into your attitude. How in the world are you going to survive when you kick the doors to sin wide open and division tears apart what's left? Oh my. I have to preach my heart to you tonight and tell some of you that are coming against unholy spirits, they're trying to deceive you and tell you, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. I can live it half-heartedly. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Go ahead, Aiken! Reach for that sin and then try to hide it under your bed. Mama doesn't know about it. The babies doesn't know about it. But I want you to remind you tonight, it's not going to be long, Aiken, until your whole family is going to have to pay the price because of your sin. first thing that happened is that Achan was separated from the rest of the congregation. They told him exactly what they told everybody else that they separated out there. They said, give glory to God. And Achan was separated from a heart of worship. So he comes to church and he don't feel worship anymore. He comes to the house of God and there's no glory. 
There's no power. There's no anointing for him anymore. But the next thing that was happening is that his whole family was caught up in the snare and separated into the field of Achor where they were systematically destroyed one by one by stoning. Do you realize that there is not one living descendant of Achan that survived Achan's sin? Oh, that my heart could really preach what I feel like preaching tonight. Sir, don't you see that you've made it back? But that child still struggles to this day. Man, don't you understand that your sinful attitude may have been forgiven by God, but the remnants of that sin has been a stumbling block that that child has yet to get over. Sir, you were critical of the precious people of God and now you made them so cognizant of other people's weaknesses that your own children have started looking for the faults of the people of God around them. God, forgive us. Oh, forgive us. Somebody breathe with me right now. Oh, oh God, forgive us. I'm preaching to you that the reason some find fault with the church is because there's sin in your own life that's ushering in division into your world. I'm preaching to you that the reason some of your homes are battlegrounds is because you've allowed sin in the door and now it brings division because division is sin's first revealing mark on your life. It doesn't stop there. I'm nearing the end of this message and the gifts of the Spirit are so close to us we can feel it ripple across this congregation. You have to understand there's a reason why you don't feel God the way you used to. There's a very defined reason why you don't feel the need to worship anymore. You don't feel driven to go to the altar anymore. You don't sense the need to cry out for God's mercy anymore. Sin's mark is recognized by your separation from the heartbeat of the church. Sin's revealing mark is seen by the divisions it brings to your family. But more dangerous than either of those is the division that it puts between you and God. That's why God mourned. Paul, that's why God mourned in the book of Isaiah. And he said, Behold, my hand is not shortened that it cannot save and my ear is not heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hid His face from you that He cannot hear. God said, I can do anything that you need done in your world but there's a separation now because of your iniquities. I can see every minute detail of your calamity but you can't see my face because of sin. And sin brings division. I stand in this pulpit preaching my heart to you night after night. <laughs> but I have to be honest before God and man tonight when I tell you that I've stood in this pulpit for months and all too often I wonder how much longer can you serve a God that you won't even reach for? How much longer can you walk with a God when you don't even feel Him anymore? How much further can you go with God when you don't even respond to His touch? What is it 
Where did that division between you and God come from? I'll tell you where it came from. Somewhere sin entered into the picture and now we're dealing with the division that sin always leaves behind. See, this division is in your world and it's just the revealing marks of some sin. How sure am I tonight that sin ushers in division? Consider with me that Jesus, God in the flesh, He wept bitterly in the garden because the holiness in His nature began to cry out and say, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. The cup of mankind sinned. But finally He said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And He did accept it. And when Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible lets us know He became sin for us who knew no sin. But when that sin entered into the picture, the Bible tells us that this Christ, this same Christ that calmed the seas and cleansed the leopard, that opened the blind eyes and walked on the water, this same Christ that said, Lazarus, come forth, and a dead man lived again. In the same Christ that said, I will be thou made whole, and the lepers were cleansed. This same Christ that said, Talitha, Kumai, damsel, arise, and put life back into a child when sin entered in. To that same Christ that said all the other things with the power of God, he lifted up his head from the cross and said, Eli! Eli! Lama Sabachthani! God! My God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was the very body that God prepared for himself. But when sinner in the end, the very Spirit of God said, I can't stay here because sin's revealing mark is separation. I would to God that somebody in this house would repent tonight before you're driven away from an altar. And to the point that you have to say, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani. My God. My God. Lift your hands and wait on the Lord. asking you to respond to the Lord. Let there be a free flow of His gifts right now. Reverently lift your hands into the air and wait on the Lord. Reverently. <laughs> Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us.
ought to yield yourself to the Lord right now. God wants this service now. I feel an urgency in my spirit to cry out to God right now. I wonder if anybody in this building feels enough conviction to join me at an altar. Let's find Him. Some of you need to repent to people. Some of you need to repent to God. But one thing I'm sure of in this building tonight is we all need to repent. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. That's right. That's right. That's right. Repent. Repent.
that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Brother Ronnie, I want you to turn the lights out over the main sanctuary. I want us just to pray. We don't need anything else right now but an intervention of God's presence. We don't need anything else right now but an intervention of God's presence. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I need intercessors right now. I need people sensitive to the gifts to be moving right now. Some of you need to repent to people. Some of you need to repent to God. Some of you need to repent to the Spirit of the church. Oh. Please, please, please. You don't know where God's taking us tonight if you could only touch Him right now. If you could only touch Him right now. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Weep. Weep. Some of you need to weep for your babies. Some of you need to weep for your families and what you've allowed to transpire. Weep, weep, weep. I don't want a blinded eye healed tonight. I want spirits healed. I don't want the lame to walk. I don't want cancers healed tonight. I want emotions healed. This is spiritual maneuvering right now. 
This is spiritual tactical warfare now. We're going to take the division out of our hands. We're going to take it away from the devil tonight. We're going to be in oneness with this church, with this cause, with this purpose. I'm going to give you three more minutes and have a breakthrough here. Push your way to a breakthrough in the next three minutes. I'm serious about this tonight. I'm serious about this tonight. Some of you need to do some repenting. Come on. Come on. Repent. Repent. Let me know. Let me know you're near, God. Yeah, buddy, go on. Come on. For another minute, I want us to seek His face before we stand. Seek Him. Put it on an altar now. Put it on an altar now! Yeah. Uh. 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 you to stand to your feet right now and begin to thank God for mercy. Some of you need to be making vows to God right now. Lord, I'm going to lay that down. I'm not going to do that anymore, God. I'm not going to allow that thing to create division in my world. I'm going to put that sin aside. Let there be a great swelling applause of praise in this house. Let there be a great, great swelling praise from our heart. Come on, come on, come on. Yamola Kasaya. Oh!
Right now, while the Holy Ghost is here, I want saints to make your way out of pews and you go to other saints and love them right now. I want you to go pray with somebody else. If you need to apologize, get it under the blood now. God's fixing to seal this service tonight. God's fixing this. No, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> You're all I want, God. Let me know you. You go to Him. I don't care what it is. You go pray with somebody. You go tell them you love them. God's going to seal this thing tonight. God's going to seal this body up again tonight. Come on. Don't stand there and wait for somebody to come to you. Get out of your pew right now. Get out and move to somebody right now. That's it. Go on, Loranda. Go on, baby.
Come on, this is God right now. This is God right now. This is the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, yes. Go on now, Stacy. Help me know. Help me know you. Make your way back to a seat. It doesn't have to be your seat. You just make your way back to a seat right now. I told you God's going to seal me. God's going to seal this thing tonight. As I begin to prepare this lesson today, this message tonight, the Holy Ghost begin to deal with me. I don't know if we're going to take communion on watch night, but I do know this much. God spoke to me today and said we're going to take it tonight. Everybody in here can be seated right now. The Holy Ghost is so good to us. Do you understand how good God is to find us where we are? you understand how good God is to us to give us His Word, to give us His touch? It's still so close. The gifts of the Spirit are still so close to us. Yeah. <laughs> 